culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at New Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you have snagged some fizzy Housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. So you shouldn't be having that gnarly wine headache the next day. Hey, hey, hey. You can stock up for the holidays. Whether you're stocking up for Thanksgiving or stocking up for Hanukkah or maybe Christmas or maybe you want to do some shopping for your Bravo obsessed bestie, go to nofilterwine.com. You can order a variety pack or you can order the cities individually. We have Beverly Hills, we have Atlanta, we have New Jersey, and we have New York. So, Go right now, nofilterwine.com, and stock up. Also, if you haven't heard yet, my new merch is on sale at justplainzac.com. Dun, 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 dun. We have tea spilling professional t-shirts, Zach Pack official university sweaters. We have no filter hats. We have Liddy City tank tops. It's a good time. So head over to justplainzack.com slash shop. That's justplainzack.com slash shop to stock up on your merch so that you look cute and you stay comfy and warm all season long. Justplainzack.com slash shop. And the wine is available at nofilterwine.com. All right. Um, quick updates before we dive into all of the tea. Book club. There is no book club this week. One, because I am traveling this week. And two, because it is a holiday week. So we will not be doing book club this week, but we will be back next week and we'll be breaking down parts five and six. We'll be doing Real Housewives of DC and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know it sounds like a lot because we're breaking down two parts, but it's essentially the same amount of pages we have normally been doing for the past four weeks. So you got two weeks to read your chapters. Same amount of pages, stock up or catch up. Not all diamonds and rosé. 
by Dave Quinn. I know some of you have said you've fallen behind, so now you have an extra week, and it's a holiday week, so you get to read Not All Diamonds and Rosé by Dave Quinn. We will be back next Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern, not this Tuesday, so not the 21st, but the week after. We will be back. We also won't be doing a Thirsty Thursday tea spilling live on this Thursday night because guess what? It's fucking Thanksgiving and we're going to be so much so deep into a food coma and we're going to be Liddy City hopefully off of lots of no filter wine. So there will not be a live this Thursday, but we'll end up taping it on probably Friday night. I, I think same time this Friday we'll be going live on Instagram. It'll get rebroadcast and uploaded on YouTube and on the podcast, so you won't be missing anything, okay? Just know, this Thursday, we're taking the day off for Thanksgiving. I hope you are spending time with family or maybe a chosen family, maybe some friends, maybe you're doing a Friendsgiving, whatever the vibe is. I hope you're getting Liddy City and having a great time with lots of delicious gluten-free stuffing, because we love that gluten-free stuffing. Hey! All right. Um, Kimberly Archie is going to be on the show this Wednesday. I taped a, a very good episode with her where she is spilling some major Girardi Keese tea. She formerly worked for Girardi Keese and knew Tom and would like, you know, be on the personal chat, chat, chitty chat, chat with Tom Girardi. And so she's coming on to spill some tea. She's also, you may remember her from the Hulu documentary, documentary The Housewife and the Hustler. She was in that as well with Kathy Rui Gomez, who is her best friend, Linda and Heather, best friends. They are best friends, and she came on the show to talk about the Rui Gomez family, how things are going within the bankruptcy, how they feel about Ronald Richards and Jay Edelson, where the attention really needs to be focused in the case, um, how she feels about Erica, Tom the Ding Dong Ditch. We get into all of it, so get ready. It is, I believe we taped for just under an hour, so you get a full episode this Wednesday with Kimberly Archie. Stay tuned. That'll be coming out soon. Okay, today we're going to be breaking down the Jen Shaw of it all. So I know we love the deep dives into the Girardis, which I, I was doing all year long. The Jen Shaw case isn't nearly as like in-depth or complicated. There isn't as much like statewide corruption. Um, there isn't a housewife wife that is taking the heat for all of this except for Jen Shaw who is the alleged mastermind according to the feds but what I do want to focus on in today's episode is Stuart Smith aka Stu we know Stu Stu is Jen Shaw's assistant we met him in well, I was going to say I was going to name the season but there's only been one season prior to this season so we met him last season in season one of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Stu, you know, he's her assistant, and she's just like, Stu, I don't care how you do it. Make me money. And it's also interesting that we're getting a lot more Stu in the second season of Real House of Salt Lake City, where Stu is talking about how, you know, he loves Jen, and Jen's like, and I love you, and I've made so many sacrifices because I love you and my team, and I want to make sacrifices for my family and for your family and for all of our families, and I'm secretly ripping off all of these elderly people, and it's just, you know, it's a sad time. But... You know Stu. He was arrested with Jen Shaw. And guess what? Stu appeared in court last week and made Jen Shaw's case a lot worse for her. So let's break it down. As you know, we had Emily D. Baker on the show last week. She kind of talked about some of the charges against Jen Shaw. She was um, on before Stu appeared in court, and she was also on before 
the Edelson case, the Edelson hearing with Erica. So that's why I'm doing an episode to catch you up on what happened with Stu because he just made the water very, very murky and Jen Shaw is probably now going to have to do some serious jail time. Prison time, sorry. Prison time. She's not a jailbird. She's a prison bitch. So... To recap, what is Jen Shaw accused of exactly? So she would basically collect contact information, primarily phone numbers, which is why it's considered a telemarketing scheme. She would collect info for el- from elderly people and then sell that info to these companies that would then pitch them on these fake business opportunities. Now, every time they would pitch them on a fake business opportunity, Jen would also make a commission off of whatever, you know, Nana, Nana Gray over there gave to this fake company or well, I guess the company wasn't fake, but the opportunities that they were pitching them were fake. So, you know, basically like, you know, I always get those phone calls about like, do you want to make money from your couch? Well, we can help you. And so Nana would answer a phone and she'd be like, yeah, I want to make money from my couch. I'm retired. I'm bored. What do you think? I, what can you do for me? And they're like, well, you can come to Trump University and start up at not really Trump University. I don't want to get in trouble for actually saying that. But um, they would basically try to sell them on like, you know, you can invest your money into all of these things and you can become an entrepreneur like Gary Vee and Bethany Frankel. Have you heard of Bethany Frankel from the Real Housewives of New York City and the skinny girl mogul fame? Well, you can be the next Bethany Frankel. And then Nana would be like, yes, bitch, I want to be the next Bethany Frankel. So anyway, they would sell Nana on the Bethany Frankel business, not really Bethany Frankel's business, but Nana would be like, okay, here, take my money. And then Jen Shaw would get a cut for introducing this company to those leads. It's kind of like I would always get like those, do you want to clear your student loan debt? And like, I literally get those every day. But luckily for me, I never graduated from college, so I don't need loans. I never took them out. I went to college for like two hot years, um, slept around campus with other students, not like literally on campus. Um, actually, I think, no, I don't know. Maybe there were a couple of times on campus. I don't know. College was a fun time. I was, you know, I was the fun kid like Heather. Woo. Um, but anyway, her legal team, Jen Shaw's legal team was gearing up to defend her in court by saying that she didn't know that these business leads were fake. That some people, some of these elderly folks, or just victims in general, they weren't all elderly, um, although those were some of the ones that were targeted, and that's like a whole other class of crime when you target people over, I believe, 55. That's like a special sort of um, category of crime because you're taking advantage of people that are more vulnerable, more susceptible. So her legal team was going to be gearing up to be like, well, actually, some of these people did make some money off of these opportunities. Therefore, how was she to know that they were actually fake? Her job was just to deliver on these leads to these companies, and they would give her a little kickback if she made anything like she were like if she were an influencer. So it all just seemed, as Heather Gay put it, unsavory. But see, so I I see where Jen was like, okay, I didn't realize these businesses were fake. I just handed over the info and, you know, I was just, how was I to know what they were going to sell them? I believed that these businesses were fake. And like I said, homegirl Nana over there actually made $2 off of this business. So technically there was a profit for them to be made. But when buying data, you can select the demographic that you actually want. And in this case, these companies wanted elderly clientele. Like, basically, they were more susceptible to falling for an alleged telemarketing scheme. 
you know, because they were going to buy into this because they don't know how Trump University works. They don't know how Bethany Frankel Business School works. So they were going to try and sell them on these schemes. I mean, on these business opportunities that were really just a scam. And so they were going to Jen and they wanted an elderly demo. Now, if you want an elderly demo, that kind of spells out a bit that you want to take advantage of elderly people, especially since that's not typically the demo that people go after. People want a millennial demo. People want a female demo because women have more buying power than men have. Um, You want people in the target age range. So preferably late 20s, early 30s to early 40s, where they have a job, they have their career steady, they have a steady income. They're not like 21 busting all of their money on like UV or Smirnoff vodka and, you know, putting Jolly Ranchers in them. God, I don't miss those days. I actually never fucked with that. I mean, I did drink UV vodka, but I never like, you know, you know what I mean? Anyway, Technically, if you're selling leads for this demo, it's a more susceptible demo. You kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but it, you can totally play Erica Girardi, play dumb, put your head in the sign and be like, I don't know. I, look, turn the other cheek and don't ask questions. But furthermore, there are also charges in addition to the telemarketing scheme. There are charges of money laundering. This is where it gets a little more incriminating because that is a big red flag. If your business is legit, why would you need to launder the money, Ozark? Who are you, Jason Bateman? Come on, Genshot. Let's get with it. Get with the program, sister. It seems like she they were funneling money through these shell companies. And so my question is, if you're so innocent, if this wasn't truly unsavory and it was, you know, just fully delicious, then why shuffle the money? Why move the money around? Huh? Huh, Tom Girardi? Why move the money around? I want to see the books. So... That catches you up on what's going on with Jen Shaw. She pled not guilty. Originally, Stu pled not guilty. And he has now seemingly flipped on Jen Shaw. Dun, dun, dun. Plot twist. Actually, Ronald Richards predicted this a few months ago. So, kudos to him. One point for Ron Richards. So Jen Shaw, as we know, was arrested alongside Stu. So we saw them both coming out of the courthouse in the paparazzi shots. Stu and Jen originally, like I said, pled not guilty. They gave their statements. They, you know, were like, I'm innocent. Free Jen Shaw. I didn't know that these were unsavory business practices. Last week, Stu changed his plea. And he said, hold up, judge. I am not not guilty. Now I've decided to just mention it all. And guess what? I am guilty. Guilty as charged. He's admitted to lying under oath, which is basically obstructing justice. So that's another charge that's been racked up against him because he lied and said that he had no idea that, you know, he had no idea what what they're accusing him of is completely false. And he had no idea that these elderly victims are being ripped off by his business practices. He's likely going to say that he was lying to protect Jen. If I could make a prediction, I would say he was like, you know, she was my boss. I loved her. We had a close and intimate relationship. We, you know, I did this not only to save myself, but because I was trying to protect her as well. He's taking ownership of knowing exactly what they were doing now. Preying on elderly victims and scamming them out of money. He filed a new statement in court and has owned up to everything, which makes things much, much, much worse for Miss Jen Shaw. She was counting on Stu's testimony to really help her. 
And now it looks like his new testimony is going to hurt her. But now they have a whole list of people testifying against her, including former victims, former colleagues, people that have worked with Jen Shaw in in this business. I don't even know if you can really call it a business. It's like more of like a, I mean, a scheme. I don't really know how we would even refer to this, but. Stu admitted in court to creating or working for several telemarketing companies that date back all the way to 2008. So from between 2008 and 2021, they were working on this this BS baloney to take advantage of people. Um, He admitted to targeting elderly victims 50 and over, which again, like I said, is its own class of of, or its own category within crime. Um, he admitted to knowing that the services were of no value and of no real benefit to the customer. That is his direct quote, services of no value and of no real benefit to the customer. So this is basically saying we targeted these elderly people. We knew that we were scheming them and we knew that we were making a percentage off of whatever money that they were bringing in. So not only did they make money for selling their information, like Mark Zuckerberg, selling their information to these other companies, to companies, but on top of that, they were, you know, making that percentage of what these elderly people were investing. So let's say Nana Gray down the street was investing 20K. Well, they were taking their little influencer commission money, their little affiliate deal money from Nana on top of making money off of selling Nana's data. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And now he's saying that they knew. He's owning up to everything. He's now admitting to lying under oath, which does make things a little worse for him unless he can really provide a solid testimony, which would basically be to put Jen in the grave. That's really his only option at this point. Put Jen in the grave or go to prison. So I did hear a theory that maybe he was doing this to take the fall for Jen, which... I guess could technically be possible like out of some sort of like blind loyalty, but I think that's highly unlikely. Um, He could say that he knew everything and left her in the dark, but this is a really big admission that he's making. And I don't think that that's what's going on. I don't think he's going to take the full fall for her. I mean, why would you? I understand they had a close relationship, but at this point, it looks like he's trying to protect himself, or at least that's how it seems, because I don't see how any of this would help Jen at all. He's basically saying that they knew. And a lot of his statements were made in the we, as in like, you know, me and others, meaning me and Jen. I don't think he specifically said he and Jen were doing this, but I would imagine that with further testimony to try and reduce some of his sentencing or to make some sort of deal He's going to really bury her, nail her to the cross. I mean, and according to the feds, she is the ringleader of all of this. So I would imagine that they already have a solid case against her. Like I said, former client or uh, former colleagues and victims have all provided testimony against her already. This has been a years-long investigation. They've been looking into this since at least, they've been investigating her specifically since at least, I believe, 2019. So right before they started filming for Salt Lake City is when all of this was happening. And even years prior to that, people were getting arrested, people were getting questioned. So she had to have known that at some point, you know, the other shoe was going to drop. She had to have known that at some point, and I, I've tried to make this point before, but like, was it that she 
truly believed that she wasn't doing anything wrong and was that delusional? Or was she truly so egotistical that she thought that she was going to get away with this and she had no shame and no fear of coming on camera, flaunting this wealth, talking about her business so openly? Like she, I don't know. The other thing is, well, maybe she saw like Teresa Judice and she was like, well, Teresa was able to go to prison and come back and and live this life. Like maybe maybe the fame is what th- what she thought would help her. I mean, we know she's going to watch what happens live. She's doing interviews. She's hashtagging free Jen Shaw. She's reposting people that are supporting her. So she definitely seems a little delusional. She's joking on the show saying that she needs to call Kim Kardashian. Her tagline is the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. So it might be the delusion side of it or the egotistical side or both. I mean, she definitely, I think, knows that she'll have somewhat of a job with Bravo as long as they... It actually will be interesting to see if Bravo continues to work with her. I understand the Teresa case where Teresa, like, didn't know what what Joe was doing. Um, It was mostly just, like, fraud, like, defrauding banks, defrauding the IRS. Um, And then when it comes to Erica, at least with the narrative that she's painting, she really is making it seem like she had no idea that her husband was doing any of this. So Bravo, with their moral compass, is like, okay, well, we're not giving Tom Girardi the paycheck. We're not highlighting or glorifying Tom Girardi. We're just telling the story of Erica Girardi, Tom's wife, soon to be ex-wife, possibly, if ever, if this divorce can ever happen. So who knows? I... uh, it's all very murky. Um, There is an upcoming hearing, but right now Stu is facing up to 70 years in prison with the current charges that are against him, which again are participating in the telemarketing scheme, are the money laundering charges and the um, obstructing of justice. His sentencing is currently set for March 3rd, 2022. So we will see how that plays out. I would imagine between now and then there would be some sort of deal that they work out and, you know, he's going to work with the feds to try and nail her to the cross. I mean, they are already looking at Jen Shaw as the ringleader. So if anything, having Stu's testimony will really be what solidifies it. It depends on how much his testimony is actually going to hold weight. Because like I said, they do have a really strong case against her already. The feds don't mess around. They wouldn't be arresting her if they didn't have a stockpile of witnesses and testimonies and proof into what was actually going on. He is currently out on bail. I believe he has put up his house for collateral. Others that have testified and admitted to having a role in a scheme, in this scheme, or having pieces that were, you know, related to this overarching telemarketing scheme, Um, according to people, they were sentenced to five to seven years in prison. So I don't know if Stu, it's probably unlikely that he's going to end up serving all 70 years of that sentence, but he's definitely probably going to be serving some time. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Maybe. I don't think it's going to be five to seven. He's probably going to serve a couple more years. Jen Shaw is probably also not going to be serving a full, you know, I think she was also facing around like 50 plus years behind bars. Whether or not she serves all of that time, I don't think that'll be the case. She may end up trying to cut a deal herself. I think at this part, at this point, she has a hearing coming up and I think that may be the smartest thing for her to do 
it'll be more telling what's going to happen to her once we have the hearing, which will be coming up in a couple of months for her. I wonder if she'll take a deal or even consider it at this point. Cause like right now the case against her is looking really bad, but she's really trying to maintain her innocence. We now know that Stu is like, I straight up lied. Like I was not telling the truth when I pled not guilty. And now I'm owning up. I'm owning it. Like Lisa Renna would want me to do. I'm owning it and letting you know that I was very well aware of what we were doing. I knew what we were doing. I was complicit in this. I was not doing this under duress. I did this willingly, knowingly, and without a conscience, clearly. So at this point, it sounds like Jen Shaw should just like do something to save herself because everyone, the fact that Stu turned on her and we had to watch all of these recent episodes where we see them together and they're bonding. Obviously, I assume Bravo put all of that into the show because of the arrest that was coming up. But I mean, there at this point, there's no way she's gonna be, she's gonna get away scot free. I just I don't foresee that happening at all. Um, I mean, even if Stu did take the fall for her, I would imagine that there would still have to be like she still had involvement, whether she did it knowingly or not. There is still involvement. I don't think he's taking the fall for her. I think he's taking her down, and it'll be interesting to figure out, like, well, what was the motive? Was there more to this story? Was there more to this relationship? Did they play it up for the cameras? Obviously, we saw the leaked audio and video of her screaming at her staff, so we knew she had this volatile, aggressive, angry side to her. I imagine right now she's melting behind closed doors. Behind the scenes, I imagine her head has been spinning all weekend because Stu was her best defense. Stu was the per- the person that knew her, the best worked with her the closest. So, like I said, it's not looking good for her. It'll be interesting. I'm curious what Heather and Whitney are thinking about all of this. Obviously, we know that they have been defending her. Heather Gay was just on Watch What Happens Live a few weeks ago talking about how she didn't fully understand Jen's business. She just thought it was a little unsavory, as she said to Andy Cohen. But it will be interesting to see if they continue to support her, because they're very much like, she's our friend, we're going to support her until the end. She says she's innocent, so we want to believe that she's innocent. But it's like, what do you do when you actually find out that your friend has been lying to you and is not actually innocent? Or does Jen Shaw really believe that she is innocent? Because that could be part of it too. Like she could be like, it wasn't the most ethical, but it's not illegal. You know, and we know that there are a lot of those things where it's unethical, but it still falls within the realm of being legal necessarily so she could really believe that she has not done anything illegal but again when you have a big case like this against you at some point you have to face the music my babe and it's not looking good for you at all meredith still seems very not only unbothered but i think beyond like the scene of her in the bathtub being unbothered now she's like really loving it and relishing in it. She definitely has been active on Twitter. I want to have her on the podcast because I feel like that would be a lot of fun to really pick her brain about this whole Jen Shaw stuff. It's getting juicy. It's Miss Juicy, baby. We'll see how this plays out. They will be getting through the holidays and they have their hearings next year, 2022. Let's see what let's see what it do, boo. What it do, boo. 
Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That is me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It was a bit of a mini episode, but I figured like let's narrow the scope and fully focus in on what's going on with Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith because that seems to be the juiciest of all of the news that has happened over the weekend. Stay tuned. I'm pretty sure there'll be more updates, not on not just on Jen Shaw, but on all of our other favorite Bravo Lebs, which you can always stay up to date with at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Like I said, no lives until this Friday, so you can just enjoy your week with your family or your travels. Or if you're like me and getting ready to decorate and cook and do all this stuff, then, you know, it's going to be a fun week ahead. Hopefully you catch up on Not All Diamonds and Rosé. We will be returning with Book Club next Tuesday. Let me give you the actual date for that. Next Tuesday, which is the 30th. So November 30th, we will be back with part four and five of Not All Diamonds and Rosé. That's the chapters on DC and on Beverly Hills. If you haven't done so yet, go and order some No Filter Rosé at nofilterwine.com. 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. And get your new merch at justplainzac.com slash shop. Yeah, get it, get it, get it. Ow, ow, throw them hips, girl. Love you, mean it, bye.